We have seasons of doubt and discouragement. We have seasons of despair over what's going on in our lives and and what's happening. I almost started by asking those as rhetorical questions. Do you ever? And it seemed silly because the answer is absolutely yes. We walk through dark periods. We walk through heartbreaking situations in this life. There are times uh, when we don't feel like we are actually under the faithful, loyal love of God. There are times where God seems very far away. And sometimes the darkness can be all-consuming. And so we walk through these seasons um, and it is troubling and dysregulating for us to, to kind of make sense of it, of what we know and confess about God and His care for us and the experiences that we are walking through. We started our sermon series in the Psalms a couple of weeks ago, examining uh, the faithful love of God in Psalm 103, uh, looking at how his faithful, loyal love is eternal, it's beyond our comprehension, it is why we praise. Last week, Rick preached from Psalm 23, and we were reminded that because of who our God is, our Good shepherd, because of who our God is and how he loves and cares for us, we can have hope even in the valley of the shadow of death. This week's psalm addresses the the reality of when we are walking through periods of great distress. David walked through periods of heartache and despair, crushing darkness. And by God's grace, we have several psalms that were written during those periods uh, and several psalms written looking back on those periods. And they help us in several ways. They help us, one, by reminding us it's not just you It's not just me who walks through periods where we feel like God is so far away, where it feels like the darkness really is winning. And we also, by God's grace, have those recorded for us in Scripture to help remind us of how do we live in a season of darkness? How do we live in a season of doubt and discouragement when God seems so far off and it seems like He doesn't even really care. Those seasons could be physical ailments. If you've had long-term health issues, it feels crushing at times. It could be spiritual things, struggling with sin or struggling with some type of spiritual oppression. It could be emotional things that we're wrestling with. And so we have these psalms to help us. If you have your Bibles, to turn with me uh, to Psalm 13. Our sermon is titled, Trusting the God Who Delivers. 
So when we are in those moments, what we need is God to deliver us. And so we are looking at this from the standpoint of trusting the God who delivers. Psalm 13, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 and then pray for us. Psalm 13, a psalm of David. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me and answer, Lord my God, restore brightness to my eyes. Otherwise, I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have triumphed over him and my foes will rejoice because I'm shaken. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the comfort that we find in these truths. Comfort us today. Help us today. Because we all walk through seasons of heartache and darkness and doubt and so we need comfort from your word and we need guidance from your word for while we're in those seasons it's in christ's name we pray amen so we're looking at this psalm psalm 13 uh we're going to be looking at it with the idea of trusting god and the the different things that we learn about what we can trust god with while we're in these seasons of distress and despair and discouragement and so the first thing that we can see that we trust god with is this we can trust god with our doubts and our questions we can trust god with our doubts and our questions. This psalm is a psalm of lament. Uh, A lament is when you are kind of crying out about an injustice or crying out about how things aren't the way they are supposed to be. And so the first two verses of this psalm are the lament from David. They are crying out to God and saying, this is not okay. This is, this is messed up. I need something to change. And so we see in a series of questions, David is crying out to God this lament of the circumstances that he's in. Verses 1 and 2 again. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long... Will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Four times, David cries out to God with the question, how long? And if you've walked through periods of whether physical or emotional or spiritual darkness and despair, you understand that question. Because when we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, when we, when we don't know when it's going to end, there are days where we think, I don't think I can go on anymore. I can't face this much longer. I can't hold on much longer. And so David, crying out to God in lament, is saying, God, 
how long is this going to take place? And so the first two things that he asks are pointed at God. God, how long? How long is it going to be that you will continue to forget me? Now, we know it's not possible for God to forget. It's not, he's not capable of forgetting. But David's circumstance is so bad, it feels like God has forgotten him. And then the second question, it feels like not only has he forgotten him, but maybe God has just completely rejected him. How long will you turn your face from me? So he's honest with God. God, it feels like you've just turned your back from me and you don't care about what I'm enduring right now. Now, you may be a little troubled by questions like that to God. It doesn't seem like we should have questions like that, uh, that we should ask God in a way that almost points to him as, God, it feels like you're doing something wrong here. But David cries out with what he's feeling inside. God, it feels like you've turned from me. It feels like you don't care about what I'm walking through. And we don't know what the situation is with David here. There are times in the Psalms where it's recorded for us. This was when David was dealing with this. This was when David was hiding from King Saul. There are times where it's given to us and we can know the specific circumstance. We don't know that with that psalm, with this psalm. And that's a blessing for us. Because we may have these questions even if we're not walking through the exact same thing that David was walking through. And so David expresses truly to God, this is what I feel inside. I saw this quote this week and was reminded of this because we wrestle with this idea of, is it okay for me to have these feelings that I have? Is it okay for me to express these feelings that I'm having? And Ann Voskamp said this, Feel whatever you feel. Because you don't judge your feelings, you feel your feelings. And then you give them to the Lord. You give them to God. And that's what David is doing. He feels this way. God, it feels like you've forgotten me. It feels like you're rejecting me. And so how long does that have to continue? He's feeling his feelings. He's being honest with God of what it feels like in his circumstance. And he's crying out to him about that. Verse 2, he turns from kind of pointing at God and talks about his own experience. How long will I store up these anxious concerns within me? Agony in my mind every day. Feeling just like these oppressive thoughts and anxiety about what is taking place. How long will my enemy dominate me? I want us to remember and I want us to learn from this psalm that it is okay for you to cry out to God with your lament for how things are going. When you are in a heartbreaking situation, when you are struggling to understand, God, what are you doing and why? 
it is okay to cry out to the Lord with that. He knows what's happening in your heart. He knows the circumstances you're in. So be open. Share with the Lord. This is what it feels like. He won't reject you when you're honest with Him of this is what I I feel like. I feel like you don't care. He's not going to turn from us. Jesus Himself asked questions of the Father. Remember when He was on the cross in Mark 15, verse 34, and at 3, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? David cries out, How long, Lord, are you going to forget me? How long are you going to turn your face from me? Jesus crying out from the cross, Father, why have you abandoned me? It is okay for us to cry out and lament. It is actually appropriate for us to cry out and lament the broken situations. Yes, we are to rejoice always in all things, but that does not mean that we have to rejoice in the brokenness of this world and the things that are not God's desire. We can cry out to God and say, this isn't okay. I know this isn't what you want. So please remember, it is okay to lament the horrible experiences, the horrible circumstances, the darkness that you endure. It's okay to tell God your doubts and your questions. It's okay to share those with your church family. And we often don't want to do that. We don't want to appear to be weak. We don't want to appear like maybe I'm struggling with my faith and so we hold it in. I don't want them to think that I, I'm not trusting God enough. I don't want them to think that I, you know, I'm doing something wrong so I won't share it. We can be open and honest and we can trust God in these, with our doubts and our questions about our circumstances. The second thing we can trust God with is this. We can trust God to hear our prayers. We can trust God to hear our prayers. So lament psalms typically have a kind of a standard format. Uh, They oftentimes, they're not all exactly the same, but they oftentimes start out with the lament. This is going on and it's it's not okay. I'm, I'm struggling with what this circumstance is. And then there is the petition or the request for God to do something about it. And that's where we get to... This, the next two verses, it is David's petition. God, it feels like you've forgotten me. God, it feels like you don't care. And so I need you to act. And so we can trust God to hear our prayers. That's what we're, we're being reminded of in this psalm. See, David cries out to God, how long are you going to forget me? How long are you going to turn away from me? But he's still holding on to the reality that I know who my God is. And I know that he hears. And I know that he does care. It doesn't feel that way right now in my heart. It doesn't feel that way in my life. But I know that God cares. And so I'm going to ask him to do something about this. Verse 3 and 4. 
Consider me and answer, Lord my God, restore brightness to my eyes, otherwise I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have triumphed over him and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. The petition, he starts out by saying, consider me, answer me, Lord my God. So confessing again, you're my God. And so I need you to consider my circumstances. That word can also be translated as look at me. Right? He, he feels like God is looking away from him and he's saying, God, would you please look back at me and do something about what is happening? And so he asks God, would you restore the brightness to my eyes? And if, if not, he goes on to say, or I will sleep in death. David, familiar on the battlefield, with watching people as they fade away and die, probably has that image in mind of seeing people as they're dying and they look like they aren't able to focus in on much, there's not much going on, and they slowly drift off and die. And he says, would you restore the brightness of my eyes? Would you kind of lift me up, perk me up? And then the rest of these verses, uh, the rest of verse 3 and verse 4, he expresses to God what's going to happen if he doesn't. If you don't look at me, if you don't consider and answer this request, if you don't restore the brightness to my eyes, this is what's going to happen. And it kind of builds on itself. First off, David says, I'm going to die. I cannot endure this any longer. And then David goes even further. If you don't consider me, if you don't answer this request and I do die, there'll be even more consequences. My enemy is going to say, I've triumphed. I've won. I've defeated David. And my foes are going to rejoice because I've been shaken, because I have toppled. Now, there's implications with those last two things. Because not only will the foes and not only will the enemy be able to rejoice over David. Remember, David's enemies were often, not always, but were often pagan individuals who worshipped pagan gods. If David falls at one of their hands, so not only is the enemy triumphing over David, but the enemy's God is clearly, it will seem, is more powerful than the true Lord, David's God. And so David is saying, if you don't act, God, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to die. And your name is on the line. People are going to think that you aren't who you truly are. People are going to think you didn't care or you couldn't do anything about this. So please consider me. And answer me. Even though he feels like God is so far away. Even though he feels like God doesn't care. David cries out to God with his prayer. With his petition. Because he knows I can trust the Lord with this request. I can trust the Lord to hear what I say. And to act on it. God hears us. 
when we pray. He actually does care. In Philippians, Paul, who was, of course, familiar with uh, lots of seasons of darkness and heartache and horrible things happening to him, horrible circumstances. And Paul reminds the Philippians and us. Philippians 4 and verse 6. Verse 6 actually connects to verse 5. I love to, to remember that it's all one running thought. And verse 5 has a very important point that ties to what we hear in verse 6. Verse 5 says, the Lord is near. The end of verse 5 says the Lord is near. That's very important to know that God is near us for verse, what verse 6 and verse 7 says. So don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't circumstances that cause fear and worry. He's saying don't let that fear and worry control you because the Lord is near. And since he's near and he hears you and he cares, take it to the Lord. Pray to the Lord about those circumstances. Well, Paul David Tripp talks about how Biblical faith does not ask us to deny reality. When we talk about having faith in God, especially in thinking about having faith in God in the horrible circumstances that we're in, when we're told to have faith in that time, it's not saying deny what's going on. Pretend like it's not, not as bad as it is. It's just giving us something to hold on to while we admit things are really not okay. And so Paul here says, you don't have to worry about those things. You don't have to be consumed by those things. You ask God to do something. You pray to God and God is going to work. Even if it doesn't work out the way you're thinking it should, you have this promise. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. God will answer you. God will hear you. He cares. And so, remember that, church. We have a God who hears us. And so, when circumstances are hard, my go-to response is to panic. When something terrible is going on, I panic and I worry about every situation. And I think about, well, and if this happens, then this is going to happen. And if this happens, this is going to happen. And I need to be reminded, when I'm in those circumstances, instead of panicking and thinking about all the worst case scenarios, I need to turn to God who hears and cares. So remember that when your circumstances are hard, cry out to God. Ask God to do something about it because he hears and because he does care. So that takes us to uh, the final thing that we see in Psalm 13. The last thing that we can trust from God is this. We can trust God to deliver us from darkness. We can trust God to deliver us from darkness. This is uh, 
the, the final section of the psalm. So it started out with the lament. Things are horrible. And then turns to the request or the petition. God, do something about these horrible things. And now we have the final section of the psalm, which is a commitment to trust God and a commitment to praise God. And so in all of this, David is, is holding on. He knows that the Lord is someone he can trust, even though it feels like he can't at the moment. And so verses 5 and 6, we see this. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. So that commitment to trust and praise starts by looking back at a point in time when he has trusted in the Lord. When he's trusted in God's faithful love, he says, I have trusted in your faithful love. I made a point at some point in my life to trust you. And so I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to your faithful love, your hesed. Even though the circumstances are really dark and really hard, I've trusted, I've committed to trust you. And now he's going to turn from a time in the past where he trusted God and knew that God was someone he could trust. And he's going to look to the future. God hasn't answered the request yet in this psalm. But David is looking ahead to the future and saying, I know That my God is going to act. I know that my God is going to bring me through this. And when he does, he says, my heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. He's looking ahead to the future, holding on to what he knows to be true. God can be trusted. Even when it feels like he's far away, God can be trusted. And so one day... I'm going to look back on this time and I'm going to sing praise to my God. I'm going to tell others, look what my God did. Look how he brought me out of this. My enemy was triumphing over me and he brought me out. He delivered me. God cared for me in the darkest and darkest of times. And why can David... Believe that? Why can he be so certain of that? Because that's who our God is. Because of God's faithful love. That's why he can be so certain that one day he's going to be singing praise about his deliverance. Because of God's faithful love. In my preparation this week, I found this verse. I was reminded of this verse That's so beautiful, such a beautiful reminder for us. God's people in Isaiah were crying out to the Lord and crying out against the Lord. It feels like God has forgotten and abandoned us. And so in Isaiah 49 verse 14, we see that. Zion says, Zion representing the people of God, Zion says, the Lord has abandoned me, the Lord has forgotten me. Right. So the people of God are crying out, saying, God has forgotten me. God has abandoned me. And listen to this beautiful reminder from our God. Can a woman forget her nursing child or lack compassion 
for the child of her womb. Even if these forget, yet I will not forget you. And the first part of verse 16, such a beautiful, beautiful image. Look, I have inscribed you on my hands. So God speaking to his people who are crying out and saying, it feels like you have forgotten me. It feels like you have abandoned me. And God says, think of something like a nursing mother who is feeding her child. Could she forget the child that she is actively caring for? Could she forget the child that she is ensuring is provided for and cared for and protected? Is that possible? And then he says, even if that was possible, in the most rarest of forms, if that could happen, know this, I will never forget you. I cannot forget you. It's not possible for me to forget you. And that beautiful image from verse 16, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand. You're always right there. Of course I'm going to remember you. What a beautiful image for the times where we are struggling, for the times where we are feeling so far away from God. He has us right there in His hands. He remembers us. He's caring for us. That's why David can say, I know one day I'm going to look out on this. I'm going to look back and say, look what my God did. And I will sing praise to Him for it. Remember the promise, church, that we have from Jesus. The closing words of uh, Matthew's Gospel. In the Great Commission, the closing words are a promise from our Savior. Where He says, and remember, I am with you always. There are days where it feels like God is far away. And that He doesn't care. And yet we have the faithful love of God over our lives if we have trusted in Jesus and we have a promise that our Savior and our God will not abandon us. He will not leave us alone. So for those of us who are here, for, for believers in Jesus Christ who have trusted in Jesus for salvation, that's the moment we look back on. right? David says, I'm thinking back to a time And I have trusted in God's faithful love. Church, that's the point that we look back on. The the greatest expression of God's faithful love for us is sending Jesus Christ to die for our sins. And if you have trusted in Him, we can say with David, I've trusted in your faithful love. There was a time where I said, I know that this is the only hope that I have. And because that is true, we too can say with David, I know that even though it feels this way, there's going to be a day where I'm going to sing praise to you because you are going to deliver me out of this. You are going to have victory in this situation. No matter what happens, we will experience deliverance. Sin, death, Satan will not have the final victory. We can be sure of that because of who our God is and because of His faithful love for us. They will not have the final say. 
the faithful love of God is an anchor for this storm-tossed life. And if you're here and you have never trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation, we want you to know that is how and that is only how you will be able to experience the love of God is through trusting in Jesus for salvation and for the forgiveness of your sins. And so if you have questions about that, if you're here and thinking, I I don't know that I've ever done that or I have some doubts or some questions about that. We would love to have an opportunity to talk to you, share the gospel with you uh, and what that means for you and how you can trust in him. Church, what a faithful, loving God we have. We can trust him with our doubts and questions and know he's not going to turn from us if we're honest about God. It feels like you're so far off. We can trust that He will hear us when we cry out and ask Him to do something about our circumstances. And we can trust, because He is a God who delivers, we can trust that He will deliver us out of whatever it is that we're walking through. So let's be a people who holds on to that hope. And let's be a people who commits to praising Him when he does deliver us out of the last thing i would like to encourage you church is if you are in one of those seasons now because there's almost certainly at least some of us sitting in this room who are And if you're not in one of those seasons right now, because of the nature of this fallen world, there will be seasons where you do find yourself in a heartbreaking, crushing circumstances. When that is you, I'm asking you, please don't go through it alone. Do not try to paint on a face and pretend like everything's okay The Lord doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be open and honest. He wants us to be real with Him and He wants us to be real with each other. And so if you are in one of those seasons, please talk with your elders. We want to pray with you and for you and we want to walk with you by, like through this whole season, step by step, okay? So please remember that in the hard days to let us know so that you're not walking through it alone. We have a loving and caring God. And we have a loving and caring church that wants to help. Let's pray. God, you are good and faithful. Help us to remember that we can trust you with all things. Help us find comfort today in the truth from your word. That even in the darkest of seasons, even when we're walking through those periods where it feels like we're in the shadow of death, that we can trust you and we can ask you to to act on our behalf and we can know that you will deliver us. Help us with that. And help us be a church that cares for one another while we're walking through those seasons. Constantly reminding one another of who you are 
and how good and faithful and loyal your love is for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.